hide your kids, hide your wife. They are trying to defund the police. This is the democratic response to the riots that are ravaging cities across the country. And they're not just threatening it. It's not just an idle threat. They're actually doing it. The Minneapolis City Council voted overwhelmingly, veto-proof majority, nine out of 13 members, to defund the police. Because that'll make the situation a lot better, won't it? This is now being threatened not just in Minneapolis, but in cities around the country. We'll get into all of it. Lock your doors. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. If I look or sound a little different than I usually do, it's because I'm in Washington, D.C. Senator Cruz invited me out here for a stogie on our last episode of Verdict. I decided to take him up on that. I said, oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I haven't seen Senator Cruz in a while. So I fly out. Got to tell you something, folks. There's a whole lot of fire around here. Not too many stogies. I don't see. There's a lot. If I wanted to light my stogie, <laughs> there are a lot of places that I could do that, but uh, not, not, too, not too many stogies themselves. No places open. When I tried to get to my hotel last night, I, I was stopped by the National Guard. There was no way for several blocks around my hotel to get there. So then we got out of the car, walked all the way up to the hotel. The country feels like a war zone. Yeah, frankly, it's even beyond the country. Obviously, it's in Minneapolis, it's in Los Angeles, it's in Washington, it's in New York, it's all over the place. Rioters, looters, arsonists, but it's even outside the country. You see images in Brussels, you see images in Paris. It, it just feels like the whole Western world is on fire. And just when you think, okay, things can't possibly get any worse, that's the pessimistic view. Well, the optimistic view is, yes, they can get worse because the policy that's now being proposed to deal with this is to defund the police departments. Uh, this is some radical, radical stuff. Uh, just the latest evidence that no reasonable person can support the BLM movement, okay? People think that BLM just means that you think Black Lives Matter. That's not what it means. Uh, we'll get into some of the radical aims of BLM. I think people are beginning to wake up to this, even people on the left. Even people like J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter, are waking up to the pernicious effects of radical leftism. We will get into all of that. Uh, but first, we got to start with this cop thing because it's really, really dangerous stuff and it's being pushed by very high-level politicians. Ilhan Omar, the uh, Democratic representative, member of the squad, young socialist in Congress, she is calling explicitly to defund the cops. I will never stop saying not only do we need to disinvest for in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. The Minneapolis Police Department is rotten to the root. And so when we dismantle it, we get rid of that cancer and we allow for something beautiful to rise. And that reimagining allows us to figure out what public safety looks like for us. Now, of all the crazy things that she just said, of all the scary things she just said, it's this last one that worries me the most because I think a lot of left-wingers are forgetting that the uh, Committee of Public Safety is the name of the French revolutionary group that chopped everybody's heads off during that war. Maybe they do remember that. Actually, maybe it's not, not such an accident. This kind of language is not the sort of measured statesmanlike 
language that we're used to hearing. People saying, well, look, the police have problems maybe, but we need to reform them. No, they're past reform. They want to dismantle the whole thing because they think that they're vicious and vile and they're killers. They use that word killers. And it's not just obviously Ilhan Omar is very far left wing. She's a huge radical. But even the ostensibly moderate measured statesman like mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, went out, he gave a, a public speech at an AME church in Los Angeles, and he explicitly called the cops killers. I got calls from mayors around the country, some of them saying, I'm so excited, and the other ones saying, what the hell did you do? Now I got to shift money. That's exactly the point. It starts someplace, and we say we are going to be who we want to be, or we're going to continue being the killers that we are going to continue being the killers that we are. That's disgusting stuff. You ask people to serve to protect your community. That's what the police are. Now, there's a narrative that's developed on the left, all the way up to the highest levels of the left, that the cops are these thug killers who are slaughtering people, largely on the basis of their race. We spoke last week at length about that, how that is not true. If when you actually look at the number of unarmed black men who were killed by the United States, by police departments across the United States, the number is vanishingly small. And don't forget, unarmed does not necessarily mean not dangerous. Unarmed does not necessarily mean that a killing would not be justified by law enforcement. But what do we think the number is? The way that they're talking, people think the number is 9,000 unarmed black men killed by cops every year. Well, it's not 9,000. It's not 900. It's not 90. The number is actually nine. And as other commentators have gone through, we've gone through on this show, even among those nine people, the killings in many, in many cases were justified. And the killings are not always white cops killing black suspects. So it's just a completely false narrative that is so disrespectful to people who are actually protecting communities. But these politicians are so craven that they're willing to push that narrative. Now, some politicians don't want to go so far as to say, we need to completely defund the cops, right? Some are still trying to walk that line of aggressing and race hustling and antagonizing people and not going all the way in, of uh, disrupting and dismantling the police department. That would include Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry. Jacob Fry, who has been ridiculous this whole time, kowtowing this whole time to Black Lives Matter, the movement, not the statement. He, he went into a group of these Black Lives Matter protesters and he was, was asked point blank, will you defund the police? Their reaction, his reaction tells you a whole lot about the situation. We'll get to that in one second. First though, first, before we get into the radical aims of this movement, I've got to thank our friends over at Bambi. So when running a business, I can assure you, HR issues can kill you. You don't think about them, but a lot of businesses can get smacked by HR issues. Think about wrongful termination suits. Think about minimum wage requirements. Think about labor regulations. Think about these days how the regulatory requirements change. I, I think every single five minutes, HR manager salaries are not cheap. The average HR manager salary is, I kid you not, $70,000 per year. But Bambi was created specifically for small businesses. That's B-A-M-B-E-E. -E. You get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. And your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. They customize policies to fit your business all for, take a listen to this, just $99 per month. Month to month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. Go to Bambi.com slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L right now. Schedule your free HR audit. That is Bambi.com slash Michael. 
M-I-C-H-A-E-L, bam, to the B-E-E.com slash Michael. Go check it out right now. Really, really can help your business. So Jacob Fry, he wants to walk the line. What Jacob Fry is doing is what I think a lot of moderate Democrats or even some moderate Republicans in this country want to do. He wants to accommodate the radical leftist Black Lives Matter movement. He wants to entertain their wishes. He wants them to like him. He thinks there's some accommodation to be made between the radical leftist Marxist. How many isms can I possibly fit into this radical movement, BLM movement, and normal policymakers in this country? And he quickly found out that that is not possible. So initially, Fry walks up to them and he tells them how much he supports their movement. I have to take responsibility here. I've been coming to grips with my own brokenness in this situation, my own failures, my own shortcomings, and I know there needs to be deep-seated structural reform in terms of how the department operates. The systemic, the racist system needs to be revamped. The police union needs to be put in its place. We need to make sure that everything from the union contract to the way that the arbitration functions to the way that our officers and the culture and the department behaves, it all Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Hey! Okay, so she, this woman, this activist takes over at this point, but listen to what, what Fry does so far. Fry grants all their premises. What are the premises? The cops are systemically racist. The cops hate black people. The cops are unjust. The cops are no good, dirty, rotten, terrible people. And then he says, we need to reform it. You know, if the cops are so rotten as Jacob Fry says that they are, how could you possibly reform it? If they are systemically racist, systemically, not just incidentally, once or twice, every so often, but systemically racist, then how are you supposed to reform that thing? Oh, it's just the police unions. Put them in their place. He's using all this negative language. And this activist woman very wisely says, okay, you're going to talk a good game, Jacob Fry. Well, let me ask you a yes or no question. Because things are so bad, will you or will you not disband the police? Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Yes or no, will you commit to defunding Minneapolis Police Department? What did I say? We don't want no more police. Is that clear? We don't want people with guns toting around in our community, shooting us down. You have an answer? It is a yes or a no. It is a yes or a no. Will you defund the Minneapolis Police Department? All right, be quiet, y'all. Be quiet, because it's, it's, it's important that we actually hear this. It's important that we hear this, because if y'all don't know, he's up for re-election next year. If y'all don't know, he's up for re-election next year. And if he says no, guess what the f*** we gonna do next year? Now, at this point, at this point, I am just pleased that this woman still has any respect at all for elections because the, the way that they're speaking 
is the way that revolutionaries speak. I've been to a lot of radical leftist events. I've covered them. I've antagonized them. <laughs> Sometimes I've done both, but I've mostly antagonized them. All right. And I, I've heard the way that they speak. I've been to radical Marxist events. This is how they talk. This is radical Marxism. Okay. Dismantling the police is one of the key features of this because they view the liberal capitalist state as intrinsically oppressive and it's the the cops or the enforcers of that. So the first key to overthrowing the entire government, overthrowing the entire society is to dismantle the cops. That's what they say that they want to do. And so this woman takes control. She goes, enough of this mealy-mouthed nonsense. Are you or are you not going to do it? Because if you don't, we're going to vote you out. Thank goodness she still gives some legitimacy to elections. Although, frankly, I don't know how much longer that's going to work. So she gives him a simple question. He gives a simple answer. No, he doesn't want to defund the cops. And the crowd loses it. What you say? So he's gone. This huge crowd chases him out of there. In some ways, I give him credit because it is pretty scary to go into a crowd like this. But this guy thinks, this guy thinks what so many squishes in both parties think, which is that they think they think Black Lives Matter is just about Black Lives Matter. That's what they think. It's just, oh, Black Lives Matter. I agree with that. So therefore, I agree with these guys. Doesn't realize how f- extremely far left they are. And he thinks that an, an accommodation can be made. Some kind of coming together, kumbaya, we'll meet in the middle, compromise. No, ain't going to happen. There are three levels of Black Lives Matter demands, okay? Black, don't forget, Black Lives Matter is an organization. It has a website. It has a list of demands. It has a Who We Are page. You can go to blacklivesmatter.com, I think it is, .com or .org, one of the two. You can go to the website. Here's what you expect them to say. They say, okay, they want to expose and prevent police brutality. They want to stop unjust deaths at the hands of vigilantes. They want to stop the general racism that threatens black lives. Okay, right? Yeah, totally. We all get that. We all agree with that. This is a little bit less what you expect, but still within the realm of understanding. They're black identitarians. In the same way that you have white identitarians, they are black identitarians. They say, we're unapologetically black, capital B, in our positioning. And the capital B matters here, right? They're not just saying we're one group of Americans. They're saying we're black. This is a separate thing. In affirming that Black Lives Matter, we need not qualify our position to love and desire freedom and justice for ourselves as a prerequisite for wanting the same for others. Here's the money line. We see ourselves as part of the global black community, and we're aware of the different ways we're impacted or privileged as black people who exist in different parts of the world. So already you hear a little bit of this more Marxist language all around the world, transnational, not not focusing on bonds of national loyalty, not saying we're Americans, we love America. No, they're saying we're part of the global black community, black people of the world unite, getting a little bit more of an explicit Marxist message, but still within the realm, okay, it's called Black Lives Matter, obviously, it's going to have a little bit of a black identitarian component to it. Then you get to the craziest level. We'll get to that in one second. First, though, I got to thank our friends over at First Leaf. Oh, how I love First Leaf. Picture this. You're at home. You're relaxing. There's not a whole lot to do outside these days. 
you are finishing a glass of wine. You're just about to pour another. And you, you have this horrifying moment because you realize there's no backup bottle. Oh my gosh, what are you supposed to do? What, you're going to pull your hair out. This is terrible. But thanks to First Leaf, you can get a personalized box of wine shipped right to your door. That's what I do. And I love First Leaf. I've tried a lot of different wine companies, a lot of different wine clubs and things like that. There's no question First Leaf is the best by far. You start out by taking a quick quiz about your wine preferences. But it turns out most people don't really know what they like in wine. They've just heard a few names sometimes. So First Leaf, it believes you. But maybe, you know, it tries, maybe try this, try one or two over here. And then the more you use it, the more you rate the wines, the closer it gets to your perfect palate in a way that you didn't even know what you wanted in wine. I love these guys. You know, they gave me a freebie when they started sponsoring the show and the, the company is so good. I just said like, take my money, you know, whatever. I don't care. I will give me the super duper package. They're, they're really tremendous. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Uh, so if you receive a, a bottle that you're not into, they will cover the cost. Right now you can get six bottles of wine for only $29.95, which uh, I don't know if you're so great at mental math, that's extraordinarily inexpensive. And this wine is very high quality stuff. Plus you get free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. That is six bottles of wine for only $29.95. Really top shelf stuff. Tryfirstleaf.com slash Knowles. Head on over there. Let me know what you think of it. Let me know what your favorite wine is too, because I'm still working out Still working out my palate, so uh, so definitely shoot me a message. Let me know. Okay, so basic stuff. Yeah, we don't bat, we don't like racism. Okay, fine. Second level, we we do like racism in the sense that we have more racial solidarity than national solidarity. Okay, still understandable. This is boilerplate left wing stuff. Then the crazy stuff. This is from the Black Lives Matter website. We are self reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege and up uplift black trans folk. Huh? What? So look, don't, don't mistake this. They're not intersectional in the way that leftist politics usually is saying like, yeah, you know, the Hispanics have something in common with the Muslims have something in common with the lesbian tap dancers have something in common. We're right with all the disparate oppression groups that then can go and attack the oppressor group of straight white men who think that they're men who come from money, who could write on and on and on. That's not what's happening. Every qualification here, trans, women, it's all about being black, which is in a way a little bit refreshing in leftist politics because it's a little more old school. It's a little more old school Marxism than whatever has been happening for the last few decades. They say, especially we want to protect black trans women who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans antagonistic violence. All this language, cisgender privilege, trans folk, is the language of radicals. We build a space that affirms black women and is free from sexism, misogyny, and environments in which men are centered. Okay, getting more into the sexual politics. We practice empathy. We engage comrades, comrades to the intent, with the intent to learn about and connect with their contexts. Comrades, an explicitly communist term. We make our spaces family friendly and enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts. Okay, so now the patriarchy is involved here. And then this is the money line. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially for our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. If you support the nuclear family 
then you are standing in opposition to Black Lives Matter. The Western prescribed nuclear family, as they put it. And then we foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual unless she, he, or they disclose otherwise, right? So the same kind of sexual revolutionary language. It is not possible to be a conservative and to support the Black Lives Matter movement. It is not possible to be a reasonable person and support the Black Lives Matter movement. A lot of conservatives, even conservatives, a lot of reasonable people, think they support the Black Lives Matter movement because they think that Black Lives Matter, and they think the Black Lives Matter movement is about how Black Lives Matter. That's not what it's about, okay? I, I think the best analogy would be what they do in Congress. You know, I'm looking down the street. I can see the Capitol down the street. This is what they do in Congress. Whenever there's a really bad bill, really ugly, awful legislation that is really harmful to people, they give it a really nice-sounding name. So you can almost judge how bad a bill is by how nice the name sounds. They will cram in the worst policies ever, and then they'll call the bill the Don't Murder Puppies Act of 2020. And they'll say, okay, Congressman, are you going to vote for the Don't Murder Puppies Act of 2020? And then you're in a bad spot because you say, actually, that bill is really terrible, and it includes all this stuff that everyone's going to hate, and it's going to destroy all of our lives. But they'll say, but it's called the Don't Murder Puppies Act, so you got to support it. It's the same thing with Black Lives Matter. They'll say, you, hold on, you don't support Black Lives Matter? What are you, a racist? What are you, a bigot? What are you, a white supremacist, neo-Nazi, Klansman Nazi supremacist? You say, no, I just, you know, I don't think we should destroy the family. <laughs> so I can't, they tell me that if I support the family, I can't support BLM. And that's true. That's exactly what's going on here. And I get it. There are a lot of people who posted the stupid square on social media because basically everybody pressured them into doing it. And you don't want to lose your job if you didn't do it. And you thought it meant that you support black people. It's not what it means. Do not support Black Lives Matter. No one should support this terrible, terrible, radical, leftist, disastrous, awful, how many more bad adjectives can I use? Organization. It's not possible to support your country, to support your family, to support any sort of reasonable politics and support this radical movement. And they should be shunned from the mainstream of, of radical politics before they do even more damage. Like, for instance, uh, destroy the cops. We have got to get to more terrible things they're doing because now they're trying to push legal discrimination in corporate America. Now they're trying to get rid of the, your cop shows on TV. And some people, even the woke left, are beginning to wake up. We'll get to that in one second. First, though, got to thank our friends over at Raycon. You know Raycon here, but first of all, first of all, if you are listening to anything in 2020 and you still have wires dangling down, if you're like on the train or whatever, you're in your car and you've got the wires dangling down, you got to get rid of that. Okay. You need wireless earbuds. And you know, some wireless earbuds are a little overpriced and they make you look like an alien or a bug. Raycon, though, started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable that, especially these days when, you know, maybe you got some more conference calls, maybe you're doing a little more work around the house, uh, they're just perfect. They look cool. They sound great. And the price is extraordinarily fair and reasonable. 
Now is the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. And then what I will do for you is I will give you 15% off. When you go to buyraycon.com slash Knowles, that's buyraycon.com slash Knowles for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds, buyraycon.com slash Knowles. All right. So it's not just about even dismantling the cops, though that's a pretty bad one. There is now, in the name of anti-racism, a lot of racism that's being pushed. Maybe you found this when you were ordering on Uber Eats over the weekend. Uber Eats is now waiving delivery fees for black-owned businesses. What is a black-owned business? I don't know. Something tells me, though, all of a sudden you're going to see a lot of companies start giving out 0.000001% of equity to some black person so they qualify for this so that they can now get the free free delivery on, on Uber Eats. Here's what the CEO of Uber Eats said. Dara Khosrowshahi. As a company, we believe that everyone has the right to move freely no matter where they live or the color of their skin. We're proud of how Uber has helped improve transportation equity over the last decade. Transportation equity. That's, I guess that's a new liberal slogan that we've got to add to the list. Transportation equity. But the reality remains that black Americans often don't feel safe to move freely in many places around the country, and they still face enormous barriers that others do not. So Uber now is focusing on their main business, which is, you know, a taxi cab business, basically. And they're saying, look, we, we care a lot about black people in black communities, and we've helped them to move around freely. I wish that the lives of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and countless others weren't so violently cut short. I wish that institutional racism and the police violence it gives rise to didn't cause their deaths. So corporate America, buying into the lie that there is a systemic scourge of racist cops slaughtering innocent black people around the country. Not true, not backed up by any statistics, completely imaginary and causing real harm in the real world, but you got corporate America backing it up too. There's this lie that the left believes that corporate America is very, very conservative. Corporate America pushes leftism. Corporate America, at the very least, rolls over for leftism, whether it's based on lies, whether, whether it's based on the lie that men can become women. The minute that that becomes in any way a social movement, corporate America rolls over, gets rid of same-sex bathrooms, forces everybody to go through brainwashing trainings where we all recite endlessly that men really are women or else you'll be written up by HR or something like that. Same thing here. The minute it becomes part of a social movement that cops are racist and terrible and slaughtering people willy-nilly based on their race, then they just start spouting this. And by the way, if you go around the water cooler at your office and you contradict this in any way, you could lose your job. We spoke offline, so you can check it out. It wasn't on the show, but it was on my YouTube channel, on the Michael Knowles Show YouTube channel. We spoke to a friend of mine, Tim Gordon, the author. He was teaching at Catholic high school. He pointed out how radical Black Lives Matter is. He said he didn't support them. Because, you know, for instance, they want to destroy the family. He was fired for that. At a Catholic high school, which ostensibly believes exactly what he, he believes. But they don't really. That's corporate America pushes this. It's not just the government. And so now Uber Eats is giving free delivery to black-owned businesses. This is, this is basic racial discrimination. This is almost certainly against the law. And it's funny because I pointed this out on Twitter. I said, this is obviously against the law for this business to discriminate on the basis of race. And I had lawyers quibbling with me in the comments section. And one, one lawyer or some liberal lawyer says, this is, that's ridiculous. This is not discriminatory. This is not a violation of the law. And then you had more conservative lawyers saying, you know, yes, it is based on the Civil Rights Act, based on Title VII. 
My point is actually beyond any of that. The law is how we interpret the law. Okay, we know that there have, but we talked about this last week a little bit too. There's the written law, and you can quibble over the written law every single day. Then there's the practical law, the way the law is actually enforced. And the applications of the Civil Rights Act now govern virtually every aspect of our law. So the way that I know that this is illegal or would, would be illegal on the letter of the law is imagine, imagine if Uber Eats flipped it. Imagine if Uber Eats said, we're going to give free delivery for white-owned businesses and we're going to charge delivery fees for black-owned businesses. Can you even imagine the lawsuits? It would be, the minute they announced that, their phones would explode from the lawsuits that would be coming in, from the complaints that are coming in. I guess part of the way the lawsuits would come in is they get a knock on the door, but it would explode instantly. Now, is it going to explode because it's the other way around? Probably not. I mean, it's, there is an irony to all of this, which is if we're talking about actual legal racism, there's only one policy in the country that permits legal discrimination and actually encourages it, and that's called affirmative action. Which, does not, which is not legal racism in the way that the leftist activists are saying that it is. Actually, it disadvantages the other people who are supposed to be the oppressors. And most of all, it actually disadvantages Asian students, which is why Asian students sued Harvard University, because they said that there, was, there were discriminatory admissions practices that disadvantaged Asians on the basis of their race and helped other races on the basis of their race. That is legal racial discrimination, not, not according to the left-wing narrative. But that's what we're seeing. And, and that practice is permitted. Affirmative action has been upheld by the Supreme Court. So very likely the same thing would happen to something like Uber Eats. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it legal according to the letter of the law. But, but where we are right now is in this radical movement. And I got to tell you folks, you thought two months ago that things couldn't get crazier in politics. Then left-wing activists started torching cities. Then Ilhan Omar talks about defunding the police, and it looks like they're actually doing it. Then she talks about the Committee of Public Safety. You know, things happen gradually, then suddenly. And we are moving into some unchartered, radical territory here. We'll see how far it goes. Uh, the Washington Post has one solution to the problem. We'll get to that in one second. Cancel police TV shows, which frankly is a step too far. You can get rid of my cops, but you cannot get rid of my law and order. Love law and order. It's the best way to just t turn your brain off at the end of the day. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to some woke leftists waking up. Sean King, believe it or not. Sean King, a very left-wing pro-BLM BLM activist, kind of getting a little bit more woke on all of this. Uh, J.K. Rowling, we'll get to that in just a bit. But first, I've got to thank you. I've got to thank you. And I, I have to tell you about a new area of the website, a new tier of membership that we've got. Because when you can't get the true stories from the mainstream media, and I think we all know you cannot get the true story from the mainstream media, then you got to get the facts. You got to collect the facts yourselves. And you can get the facts. You can get the facts with the reader's pass from dailywire.com. We've got some really premium content that we put on the website, but you can only get it if you are a member and you get the reader's pass. So usually, look, this is extremely cheap. It's like three bucks a month. I'm going to give you two-thirds off of that today, uh, because I think it's really important, especially now, to make sure that you arm yourself with this information. So you can go over there right now. You get your first month for 99 cents. You'll also get access to our mobile app, get push notifications for breaking news and special content, as well as joining the community of Daily Wire members who are actively commenting and discussing the content with each other. 
That's mobile ad-free access to the Daily Wire news, exclusive op-eds, more for your mobile app, all for the low price of $1. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join today. We'll be right back with a lot more. WAPO has the answer. Shut down cop shows now. I kid you not. This is, this is their solution to alleged police brutality. Like many other industries, entertainment companies have issued statements of support for the protests against racism and police brutality now filling America's streets. But there's something Hollywood can do to put its money where its mouth is. Immediately halt production of cop shows and movies and rethink the stories it tells about policing in America. I just, uh, the reason I mention this is to just point out the difference between the fantasy of how the world is working and the reality of it. In the fantasy version of the world, cops have a ton of power. Cops are vicious. They're slaughtering people on the basis of their race. There's no way for us to stop them. So we got to muster all the power of the people and try to crack, uh, crack their oppressive power structure. In reality, the opposite is true. In reality right now, Everybody hates the, hates the cops based on nothing, based on a completely fictional narrative, so much so that they're actually trying to write the cops out of popular culture. Even though cops are getting sniped left and right during these riots, cops' lives are not considered to matter at all by the popular culture. Cops go out, they serve. Are there some bad cops every once in a while? Sure. But the vast, vast majority are good people trying to help the country out. They get no respect. They get no support now, even from the popular culture. Some people are waking up to this. Even Sean King, uh, who is one of the BLM leaders, Sean King is pointing out that, hey, wait a second, guys. We are sort of the power structure. Because they all say, go, you got to go out and vote. You got to go out and vote for Democrats. He says, wait a second, quote, stop generically telling us to vote in response to all of the police brutality we have right now. Yes, we should vote, but we have to be very specific. Democrats from top to bottom are running the cities with the worst police brutality in America right now. We voted for them. Thank you. Thank you, man. I, look, I, I actually wasn't even able to see that tweet initially because Sean King blocked me on Twitter because I'm too mean to him, I think, usually. But I was able to see the tweet on like incognito window. Somebody sent it to me. And he's right. He's right. But maybe this is baked into the cake. Maybe the reason that the left is causing this destruction, the left is encouraging this mayhem, is to tighten their own power. Because when there's civil disorder, then we turn to the authorities even more and more. I wondered, I mean, this is a little bit too 4D chess, and I don't necessarily give leftists like Keith Ellison credit for, for 4D chess, but the AG of Minnesota, you remember Keith Ellison, increased the charge against the cop involved in the killing of George Floyd. He increased it from third-degree murder, which would be, I think, pretty easy to prove, to second-degree murder, showing, you know, you'd have to show then that the cop really, really wanted to kill George Floyd. I don't think that's easy to prove. I think it'll be harder. I think there's a chance the cop walks. If the cop walks, that would seem to contradict what these guys want to do, but maybe not. Maybe the left wants this cop to walk so that there's even more chaos and mayhem and they can make an even stronger plea next election cycle. That, I think, is what Sean King is starting to catch on to a little bit. So what is he advocating for? Nothing yet. He's just waking up to a little bit of the grift. Now, th this goes all the way up to the top. Attorney General William Barr was asked on CBS News about this charge of systemic racism. And Barr gave what I think is maybe the most reasonable answer on the whole thing. Do you believe there is systemic racism in law enforcement? 
I think there's racism in the United States still, but I don't think that the uh, law enforcement system is systemically racist. I understand the, the distrust, however, of the African-American community, given the history in this country. This is a three-part answer. I think it's totally reasonable, and I think conservatives should take this to heart. When we're trying to figure out what to replace this absurd agree-with-BLM narrative with, I think Barr gives us a good answer, which is, one, yeah, I think there's racism in America because the imagination of man's heart is evil from the beginning. <laughs> there, are, there are always these sort of nefarious things lurking in man's heart. By the way, we're never going to get rid of that. That's not possible, and America is the least racist whatever the word is said to mean these days, the least racist country that has ever existed in the history of the world. But putting that aside, yes, there will always be some kind of sin uh, crouching in man's heart, and you're not going to get rid of that. But we can try to keep it in check. We can try to practice the virtues and repent of our sin. Are the police systemically racist? No. No evidence for it at all. Put that idea away with the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny. It just ain't true. And then three, do black Americans have a point in being a little skeptical of the cops? Yes, I th I, actually, I think so. <laughs> Just historically speaking, there have been power imbalances in the country, and so it's, I think, perfectly reasonable to have this feeling of skepticism. However, you've got to counter your feeling of skepticism by looking at the facts, and the facts show there is no systemic racism. So the feeling of unease, sure, understandable, but the reality, simply not the case. And if you need any further evidence that maybe it's not such a good idea to disband the cops, because there's no evidence that we should do that at all, look at the leaders. Occasionally, the leaders break through into the mainstream media, never on the left-wing channels, but at least uh, Fox News, the right-leaning cable news channel, interviewed one of the leaders, one of the peaceful rioters of this movement, and uh, what do you think he was talking about? What do you think he was promoting? Was he promoting this idea that we should all go out and, you know, come together and kumbaya? No, he was threatening to burn down the Diamond District of New York. You know, I'm a leader of this FTP movement. It means a lot of things. It can mean free the people. It can mean for the people. It could also mean fire to property. You know, and that's very possible. Tonight I'm leading a demonstration from Barclay Center at 6 p.m. to City Hall. And that's the first stop. And we're hoping de Blasio and Cuomo come out and talk to us and give the youth some direction. But if they don't, the next stop is the Diamond District. And gasoline, thanks to Trump, is awfully cheap. Gasoline, thanks to Trump, is awfully cheap. There's actually a secondary racial component to this, which is that the Diamond District in New York is run by Jews. And among the so-called peaceful black identitarian leaders in New York, there's been a little bit of hostility historically with the Jews there. You know, I give this guy credit, the FTP movement, which he says is for the people, free the people. What it really means is F the police. I give him credit for using that phrase because FTP is a little more honest about the radical aims and the radical tenor of the movement. It's a lot more honest than BLM, but all in all, basically the same thing. Some people are getting a little bit woke, not, not even on the issue of cops or BLM, but just on the radicalism of, of leftist politics. Generally, J.K. Rowling, who is a card-carrying lefty, she's the author of the Harry Potter books, she came out against the idea that men can be women, right? So one of the more extreme versions of left-wing politics. And she's now incurred the ire of the woke mob. She wrote, the idea that women like me, who've been emphatic, or empathetic rather, to trans people for decades, feeling kinship because they're vulnerable in the same way as women, it asked to male violence, hate trans people because they think sex is real and has lived consequences, is a nonsense. 
I respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd mark with, I'd walk with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to say so. She's trying to, she's trying to do the same thing that the squishes are trying to do on BLM. She's trying to come to an accommodation with this insane radical ideology that a man is really a woman. You can't, there's no, there's no accommodation with that. There's no like halfway. Men are men and they can't be women or men really are women and sex is not real. There's no middle ground of men are kind of women sometimes or whatever. No, it's not. You got to pick one. It's objective reality. Okay. And the, the problem is she's trying to say, look, I respect people. She's trying to use all this language. No, I mean, you don't, she obviously doesn't respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable. Maybe they feel authentic and comfortable. You, if, if they're a man who, pret- who pretends that they're a woman, maybe they feel authentic and comfortable using the women's room. But what you're saying is they can't use the women's room. Maybe they feel authentic and comfortable playing in women's sports. You're saying they can't play in women's sports. Okay. Maybe they, they are being discriminated against on the basis of being trans in the sense that you're not allowing them to do the things that they want to do based on a manifestly untrue delusion, namely that the men are women and the women are men. You've got to make a choice and you can't keep trying to be the nice guy. You can't keep trying to buy into the premises that the left is giving you. That if you, if you, if you disagree with the craziest, most radical things they're saying, that somehow you're a bad person. That simply isn't true. I, this is an amazing story out of speaking of the intersectional leftist hierarchy. There's an amazing story that LA Pride, like the used to be gay pride. Now I guess just pride generally. LA Pride has been canceled because now we're in LA wrath month. <laughs> now pride is gone. Now we're in wrath. They're torching the cities. But the pride, the pride parade was canceled because of coronavirus. Remember that? Yeah, me neither. Then pride was reorganized as a black solidarity march. Wait a second. Hold on. The virus is so bad that you can't have the gay pride parade, but now that it's going to be a black pride parade, you can do it. It's going to march in solid. But actually now it's been canceled again because gay pride has a good relationship with the cops and BLM hates the cops. So now gay pride has to get rid of the cops and now they can't march, even though they weren't supposed to march in the first place because of the virus, which by the way is super duper serious and going to kill us all. That's what the public health experts told us, but they were going to march back when it was going to be a black parade because if you're if you're marching with the radical black movement, then you're not going to get the virus. What is this? Very difficult to make any sense of it. The, the virus part of it is, is one that's been lost, which is that we were told the virus is going to kill us all, but then whenever it is convenient for leftist protesters or rioters or arsonists or looters, all of a sudden the virus goes away. Fauci is already setting it up that we've got to worry about the virus again. He said, we're now in a perfect setup for further spread of the virus in the sense that creating these blips uh, which might turn into some surges. So already, it tells us the virus is super serious. Then leftists go out in the streets. It's not serious. Now they're setting us up again. Don't get fooled again. Do not get fooled again. To quote George W. Bush, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. The point is, you're not going to fool me again. We'll get to George W. Bush in a second because George W. Bush says he's not going to support Trump. And it actually ties in with everything we've been talking about. If you Right now, if you search on Twitter, if you go to Twitter and you type in racist, and you click, it's a people search. So you click on the people tab, type in racist. Do you know the first name to come up? President Trump. Because presumably someone at Twitter is having a little bit of fun. Someone at Twitter presumably is smearing the president as a racist. Private company, Twitter, sort of. 
can, they, they, in part, along with their other big tech oligarchs, control the flow of information around the whole internet. Going after President Trump as a terrible, no good, rotten racist. Corporate America giving into this nonsense. The media obviously giving into this nonsense. The bureaucracy been trying to snipe President Trump for so long. They've <laughs> been trying to snipe conservatives for so long. The, the whole edifice turning on anybody who wants to do anything as a conservative. And now you've got three moderate, more liberal Republicans coming out saying they won't support Trump. Colin Powell, that's no surprise. Colin Powell's been half a Democrat for his whole career. President George W. Bush, Trump's Republican predecessor, and Mitt Romney, Trump's Republican presidential nominee. All three saying they will not support Trump for re-election. No surprise because Trump's been really tough on Bush. He's been really tough on President Bush, and he's been tough on Romney, really deservedly to Romney. But look, they come from the liberal wing of the Republican Party, and Trump, whatever you think about his ideological vision and his philosophical formation, he certainly is now on the conservative wing of the Republican Party. This is the problem. The problem isn't even that the radicals are going to be radicals, that the radicals are going to try to do things like defund the police and destroy the family and just knock our society down to rubble. And in in many cities so far, actually reduce our our cities to rubble. The problem is these squishes who go along with it. Because the the argument here, I mean, this is from George W. Bush. George W. Bush published a letter on this, basically suggesting that Trump isn't bringing people together. Colin Powell said, I can't support... President Trump, or, you know, I can't vote for him this year because the president's drifted from the constitution. It's too, there's too much rancor. There's too much hatred. And well, okay, where's the rancor coming from? It's all being directed at Trump by the bureaucracy, by the media, by the radical activists, by the Marxists, by Hollywood, right? It's all being directed at Trump. And they hate Trump so much because he's actually doing something. He's actually fulfilling some of his promises. He is by far the most conservative president we've had certainly in my lifetime, probably including Reagan, maybe all the way back to Calvin Coolidge or further back, right? So he's actually doing something. He's not just playing around and he's not just the nice Republican who gives enough resistance to the liberal order to to legitimize the order, but not enough to actually irk the left-wingers. He's not doing that. He's actually threatening them. And so they've been trying to undermine him since day one. They've been trying to throw him out of office. They've been trying to impeach him over nothing multiple, multiple times. And this makes the liberal Republicans uncomfortable. They say, gosh, things have gotten so heated that we can't do this. Joe Biden said this. He said, we can't continue like this for another four years. The implicit threat here is that if you don't elect a Democrat, we're going to burn your city. We're going to keep burning your cities down. And the implicit squishy Republican argument here is, look, the Democrats are burning our cities down. The Democrats really don't like this. In the spirit of unity, let's give in. Let's cave in. Let's give them everything that they want. Chris Cuomo is going on CNN defending domestic terrorism, okay, defending political violence against civilians. You can't come to an accommodation with that. You can't negotiate with that. You can't reconcile and kumbaya and come to the middle, okay? You got to win or you got to lose. And there are some people right now who want to lose because they can't stand the heat, literal heat, when the radical leftists are torching buildings in the country. 
Stand firm, man. This is the fight. Okay, we are in the fight right now. And the stakes are very high. The stakes are not just, we're going to raise your taxes a little bit or we're going to lower your taxes a little bit. The stakes are, we're going to defund the police department. We're going to defund law enforcement itself. And the reason we're going to do that is so that we can totally overhaul the legal and political structure of this country. Maybe you didn't ask for this fight, but you are in the fight now. And it's only going to get hotter up through November. Got a lot more to get to. We'll have to do it tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you then. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Widowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. Production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, Well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there. 